Welcome to Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast, a resource for Muslim women to learn about money, how to create it, grow it, and to protect it. Money is easy. All that's needed is the right mindset. I'm your host, Dr. Saima Ali, with life coaching tools to truly help you create wealth in all areas of your life. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Wealthy Muslim Woman Podcast. This is the month of October, and we are talking about self-confidence. In episode 57, we talked about the difference between confidence and self-confidence. Then in the following episode, we talked about why we lack self-confidence. And then in the previous episode, we talked about why we want self-confidence. And today we will talk about how to increase our self-confidence. So before I get into talking about increasing self-confidence, I wanted to give you a little update about me and where I am in my life currently. So as you may be aware, if you've been listening to previous podcasts, is that I left my last job in July. And the reason for leaving was because the hours were just getting very extended when it was a work at home job. So I was able to stay at home and look at my computer screen most of the day. And it had been very beneficial for me, especially after becoming a mom. It was, uh, it had been hard for me to actually go back to the hospital and leave my baby at the daycare. So it was a great transition. And I think I had a really good two and a half, three years, I think with the previous job where I was able to stay at home and look at a computer screen and work from home basically. But what was happening is that there had become a shortage of other physicians and the caseload had really increased where now I was licensed in over 10, 12 states and we many times cases were very long and dragging into the night really long, starting at night really long, or the weekend schedule would get really busy where you're working more than 14, 15, 16 hours in a day. And that's not something I had vision for myself when I left my training. So in, in training during residency fellowship, you actually have to work a lot of hours many residents work over 80 hours easily. And of course, you're paid less than the minimum wage. But I had decided for myself that once I am done with my training, that I'll take the life as is and not work extra hard. And I'll value my time with my family and be home more often and work less. My plan always had been to work maybe three, four, if not two days per week. And that was not happening with the previous job, they could not decrease my hours because there was shortage. And then I just ended up resigning. And I've been home for the last three, four months, which has been, you know, great. It's amazing. But of course, being at home, especially during the time of COVID, where we can't even step outside worry free, I was looking for new opportunities to basically go out again and try to find a job that I that would work with my schedule. 
And I've been very lucky where I've been able to find that job where I'll be working three days a week and mainly outpatient just, you know, during the day and then won't have to take night call or weekend call. And I've been very blessed with this new opportunity. And I am thinking it'll probably start by the first or second week of November. So maybe in a couple of weeks from now, I will have started the job as the paperwork is very extensive. It takes forever for doctors to get all their credentialing and everything done for any new job that you're applying for. So that's a really exciting update in my personal life that I'll be seeing patients again, which is something that I really wanted to do. Obviously, that's why we go to medical school. And, you know, seeing all those diseases or the brain malfunctions that we studied and really treating the diseases and seeing the improvement in people's life and helping and seeing that that's what that's what you know medical education and all that is about. And then we end up losing that purpose or that vision when we get so busy with life where you're working so much that you are unable to see why you went into this career in the first place. So that's just a really exciting personal update. So let's talk about how to increase our self-confidence now. So if you remember, um, we talked about how confidence is, confidence comes from practice, confidence comes from doing certain things. And once you feel comfortable, confident in that task and that, area, then you feel confident, but self-confidence comes before you actually have confidence. And self-confidence comes from changing our thoughts about ourselves. So we have to be willing to consider that we are able to create the future that we want. The more certain that we are of the possibility, the more confidence we feel and the more easily it is for us to move forward. Now, the fear of failure and the fear of disappointment will be there. So you will still have that fear that you may take the next step and fail, and you may uh, take the next step and be disappointed. But imagine if you were able to feel these emotions without any resistance. So we hate negative emotions and we want to always get away from them. So when we are afraid of failure, when we are afraid of disappointment, afraid of being embarrassed, afraid of being shamed, then what we end up doing is trying to change our thoughts to say something like, that won't happen to us, you know, we'll do good, we'll be fine. And the problem with resisting the emotions is, is it's basically like trying to push a balloon under the water. The more you try to push it down, the faster it's going to come up. So even though we think that by resisting failure, resisting disappointment, resisting the shame and the guilt that may come, that it's going to help us to move forward, but it actually keeps us back. So it has this like counterintuitive effect on what we are trying to accomplish. So in order to get past it, we actually have to be open to these feelings. So we have to accept these feelings. So another example is if you have a little child, if you have little kids and they're going to come behind you sometimes and they're going to scream, mommy, mommy, mommy. 
And the more you ignore them, the more you try to focus on something else that you're doing, the more they'll say, mommy, 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 and the harder their voice will get and the more they'll scream. That's what emotions do. So if there's fear, if there's shame, if there's other negative emotion back there, it's just going to keep screaming for you and it's going to keep trying to get your attention until you accept it and just become open to it. Be ready to feel that emotion and know that the worst thing that will happen is that you can feel that emotion. A lot of times we have these beliefs about our identity and we think that our identity is just fixed and we can't really change it. So we are not a good public speaker. We are not a person with the confidence for certain skill. But the fact is that your identity is not fixed and you can change it. And it, it is created daily on a different step that you'll take on a different task that you'll accomplish. You will have a new identity with that. Naturally, if we just let our brain be, where it wants to be, then naturally it's easier for our brain to produce fear, worry, and doubt. That's where our, our brain loves to be because it thinks that those things are going to protect us. So if we are fearful of public speaking, then we won't try to do it and we won't be embarrassed and we'll just stay back. So that is our brain's job. It's like, I'm protecting you. You know, that that's something that that's something that bad's going to happen, can kill you. And I'm going to try to protect you and keep you safe by giving you worry and doubt and, and, uh, and fear. But we can be open to those emotions and accept them and appreciate our brain for offering us those because the brain is trying to do the right thing on what it thinks is the right thing for us. But those emotions will not serve us in the long run. So it seems like an impossible task, like we are, we should be working against how we are programmed. So we should be working against our humanness, how we are created, and our brain programming that is there, and our beliefs and our thinking that has been there since we were kids and how we were raised. And uh, remember, they, they were not there when we were born, right? Like the child doesn't know something is going to be embarrassing or something different. It's when they grow up and they learn that this is something I need to avoid or do. And the same way that we learn to avoid these things, we need to relearn and go against those beliefs and against those thinkings and against that programming that is there naturally to get our desired outcome. So basically we have to train our brain to produce self-confidence naturally. It is not fear that prevents self-confidence. It is the unwillingness to feel our fear that prevents us from getting self-confidence. So there you have it, my friends. All you have to do to get more self-confidence is go against your natural upbringing or natural protective measures that your brain has put up for itself and train your brain to think differently about these things, about the emotions, about the beliefs, about everything that we have. We know where these things, once we have an understanding of where these emotions are coming from, and once we can accept them and be 
open to them instead of resisting them and trying to hide away from them, this is what opens up a different world for us. So I hope you enjoyed this October series on creating self-confidence. And I, and again, you know, this is all related to money because the more confidence you feel, the more self-confidence you feel in yourself, in your ability, in the trust in yourself to manage your money, to invest your money, to uh, protect your wealth, the easier it becomes. So we, a lot of times we resist it. We don't do those things because we think we are not good enough to manage our money ourselves or we're not good enough, smart enough to invest by ourselves. And if we keep thinking that, then it keeps us in that same state where we are not taking active actions to grow, to maybe start a business, to start you know, other ventures that we want to, even investing in yourself for, for anything, like for your own mindset, for your own mind management, those things become easier once you can trust yourself and learn to manage your emotions yourself. So that is for October. And then I wanted to tell you that as a part of my business, so I have two offers now. So one offer is the online digital course that gives you the actions of how to budget your money, how to think about your money, how to invest your money, what the stock market is, the definitions of stock market, and really how to protect your wealth with estate planning, asset protection, and in marriage and other things. And my second offer now is coaching. So basically, money and anything else in life is mostly a mind block that we have. So we can really create the future that we want. We can really create the wealth that we want. But what keeps us behind is all these thoughts and all these mind blocks. So money is 20% like action, the things that you have to learn and the things that you have to do, like opening up a brokerage account and putting your money in and investing. That's really like less than 20% of the work. And I teach you that through my online course. And then the 80% of the work though is really going beyond our mind blocks and talking about those. And I help you, I help coach you on that through my individual coaching program. So if you are interested in any of these, please go to my website, wealthymuslimwoman.us and you can read more about coaching on the page and also about the online course as well if you're just interested in the action part. Okay, and I will see you next week. And in November, we will be talking about love and relationship and boundaries and how to create healthy relationships because relationships is one of the most important aspects in money management. All right, my friends. Bye.